Hare Krishna. Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anichananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhaktavinna Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anichananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhaktavinna Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So again, my dear viewers, if there's any problems with the transmission, please uh, inform me. So today I wanted to continue the discussion about Keshav Kashmiri. Um, we will uh, soon enter into the discussion of the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, but before doing so, I want to give a little bit more uh, general information about Keshav Kashmiri. So the the exact, uh, the exact, it's not audible. Why is it not audible? Oh, Krishna. Because. Okay. So now. It should be okay, huh? Is it all right? Okay. So, I want to continue discussing about Keshavu Kashmiri. Uh, Keshavu Kashmiri was, uh, we discussed yesterday also. Um, but I have more background information and I wanted to share that with you before entering into the uh, actual discussion in the Chaitanya Charitamrita between Nimai Pandit and Keshava Kashmiri. So the exact birth date of, um, of Nimbarkaracharya is not clear. Um, it is said that, it is thought that it could be in the 14th century. His followers are claiming that it was before and maybe as early as the 7th century, even before Sankaracharya, but that is not accepted by, uh, by, by, by scholars in general. It's felt that he clearly is one of the Acharyas who reacted to uh, to uh, to Sankaracharya and and so one of the four Vaishnav Sampradayas that came up as a reaction to uh, Sankaracharya and the same is recognized by the Vaishnavacharyas uh, and we'll get into that in a moment so the Keshava Kashmiri is not just 
any any pundit, uh, the Dick Vijay pundit who came to meet Nimai and was very learned and had traveled all over India and came there with his elephants and his manuscripts and his followers, everything he had received as gifts from various kings and pundits. Um, Keshava Kashmiri is actually a uh, one of the Acharyas in the Nimbarka Sampadaya. And uh, now, if I go over the uh, the Acharyas of the Nimbarka Sampadaya, I have a long list here in front of me. And by the time I come to uh, number 28 in the line from Nimbarka, I get Gopinath Bhattacharya, and then I get Kesava Bhattacharya, then she Gangal Bhattacharya, and then Keshava Kashmiri Bhattacharya, number 30. So uh, there are two Keshavas. Uh, one is Keshava Bhatta, and then his disciple is Gangal Bhatta, and then Keshava Kashmiri Bhattacharya. So um, now I have some notes. The the Chaitanya Bhagavat also deals with the pastime extensively. And it's interesting. One interesting thing about the Chaitanya Bhagavat is that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did a commentary on it. This commentary has been published by Pundrik Vijanidi and Bhumipati. And they are available, widely available, uh, in, in, in a whole series of, of books. It's a series. And uh, so the Chaitanya Bhagavad with commentary. So in these commentaries, we get a lot of information from uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. So let us have a look at that. Um, so... Uh, Saraswati was revealing to, after the case of Kashmiri Pandit was defeated by Nimai, he did his worship of Saraswati that night, Saraswati came into a dream. And when Saraswati came into a dream, she explained to him that Nimai was actually the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that he should surrender to him, that she had no power to speak before him and that therefore the Pandit was not able to speak before Nimai. Then after she said all this and that he should go to surrender to Nimai, then she said, if you disclose these topics to anyone, you will meet a quick death. Know for certain that he by whom you were defeated is the Lord of innumerable universes. Commentary. Saraswati Devi appeared in a dream before Dikvijay Pandit, who had chanted her mantras and said, if you disclose to anyone the most confidential topics that I'm telling you regarding the covered incarnation of the Lord, then your death is certain. It is said that since Keshava Bhatta, the spiritual master of Gangalya Bhatta, revealed the information about Sriman Mahaprabhu that was given to him in a dream by Saraswati, he met with a pure, with a premature death. 
Therefore, Gangalya Bhatta again initiated a Brahmana from Kashmir and gave him the name Keshava. From this popular hearsay, it is clearly understood that the Dikvijay Pandit referred to him is not Keshava Kashmiri. Rather, he is a Pandit named Keshava Bhatta. So, that is defeating Dikvijay, uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat, Adikanda. 1328-129. Now, so we see then he would be earlier in the in the Parampara. Uh, scholars generally think that uh, Keshava Kashmiri lived earlier. Uh, and therefore, uh, there is doubt that uh, such a meeting could have taken place. Uh, however, the uh, the Gaudias um, don't uh, don't see it like that, and uh, there's a little bit more here from uh, from uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. One rejects the worship of Krishna cannot properly explain the purport of Vedanta philosophy one of the six branches of philosophy. Being initiated into all these instructions, the compiler of Kramadipika instructed his disciples, headed by Gangalya Bhatta, about the process of worshipping Radha Govinda. Later on, Kesava and other scholars of Kashmir left the subordination of Sriman Mahaprabhu and took to another path. Turning away from the mercy of Sriman Mahaprabhu, Kesava Kashmiri and other so-called followers of the Srinivasa Sampadaya, as well as so-called scholars of the Srivalabha Sampadaya, rejected the most beneficial and pure lotus feet of Srimad Mahaprabhu, the worshipable Lord of the compiler of Kramadipika, and took to another path. So Keshava Bhatta would be the compiler of the Kramadipika. Um, this Kramadipika is of importance, and we'll read that next. Um, both Sri Sanatan Goswami, Sri Gopal Bhatta Goswami, understood Kesavacharya, the compiler of Kramadipika, that's Kesavabhatta, as a recipient of Sriman Mahaprabhu's mercy, and therefore they collected ingredients from his book in their compilation of Gaudiya Vaishnava Smriti, the Hari Bhakti Vilas. Uh, later on, the followers of Kesava Kashmiri gave up the lotus feet of Mahaprabhu and attempted to establish their own independent. Sampadaya. So Srila Bhaktisiddhanta is clearly making clear that it was Kesava Bhatta who was the Dikvijai who got the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who then wrote a book called Kramadipika and that this book Kramadipika is that part of it is included in the Hari Bhakti Vilas particularly the sections uh, referring to initiation are uh, are taken from there and some other aspects about worship as well so on receiving the lord's instructions renunciation knowledge and devotional service immediately manifested in the body of the brahmana receiving the mercy of sri gorasundar dikvijaya shikesavabhata became completely successful he offered his obeisance to sri mahaprabhu's lotus feet knowing men, them to be the source of all auspiciousness. Being empowered by the Lord, Kesava Bhatta simultaneously achieved great qualities such as service to the Lord, realization of the absolute truth, 
and detachment for activities not related to the Lord. Though he was initiated in the Vaishnav line, his descendants later on became bereft of Sigora's mercy. The pastime of converting the devotee, the non-devotee, case of a Bharat, case of a Bhatta, into a devotee is most confidential because up to that point, Gorasunda had not yet bestowed mercy on anyone in the world to advance in devotional service. The process of devotional service at case of a Bhatta achieved by receiving mercy from the lotus feet of Sigora is being respected by his followers even today. And this is all, again, Adi Kanda chapter 13, text 137. So now I want to read a little bit from the uh, from the Navadvita Mahadmya. The Navadvita Mahadmya is a book of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur and it refers to um, to a, a parikrama organized by uh, Lord Nichananda who took Jiva Goswami on a parikrama of the uh, Holy Dham of Sri Navadvip, and then establishes all the holy places in Navadvip Dham. And in this way, uh, Mayapur uh, being the, uh, the center, and then all the nine islands uh, and, uh, and, and all the various pastime places there are mentioned in, the, uh, in this Navadvip Dham Mahatmya. Um, we do not find we do not find any other any earlier reference. Uh, Jiva Goswami never mentioned anything. Now that might be his humility. Still, it only comes up in the words of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Um, so outside scholars from either other sampradayas or from uh, or historians would not. Uh, take the Navadvita Mahatmya very serious. But we're seeing that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta took it very, very serious and began to establish the... Uh, uh, and so did Bhaktivinoda Thakur, by the way. Bhaktivinoda Thakur established the birthplace and then Bhakti Siddhanta started to establish the Nailain and Parikrama and in this way establish the uh, Navadvita Mahatmya on the ground. And of course, that is continuing and continuing. We are uh, further uh, spreading the glories of the Dham. Now I'll read a little bit from the Navadip Dhammahatmya. So for us, the Navadip Dhammahatmya is a very important book that we, uh, that we accept um, in dialogue with other Sampradayas and or, or historians. We would not put the Navadvita Mahatmya in front as we are presenting evidence. So, Navadvita Mahatmya, Chapter 16. Bilva Paksha and Bharadraj Tila. All glories to Sigora Chandra, the, the wanderer of Nadia's groves. All glories to Sinichananda, the master of Ekachakra. All glories to Advaita Ishwara, the master of Shantipur. All glories to Gadadhar of Ramachandrapur and all glories to Gaurabhumi, the essence of Chintamani, where Krishna wandered in Kali Yuga. The son of Patma, Sinichananda, after crossing the Ganges and going some distance, said to the devotees, see this attractive place named Bilvapaksha. Generally, people call it Bilpukur, the place known 
in the scriptures as Bilvavan in Vraja is situated here in Navadvip. One time some Brahmanas, devotees of Shiva, worshipped him by offering the leaves of his favorite tree, the Bilva or Bail tree, for a fortnight's duration. Shiva was pleased with the Brahmanas and gave them Krishna Bhakti. Uh, amongst those worshippers was Nimbaditya, who had been very attentive in the worship. Shiva spoke to him, at the edge of this village is a sacred Bilva forest. Within that forest, the four Kumars are sitting in meditation. By their mercy, you will receive transcendental knowledge. They are your gurus. By serving them, you will receive all that is of value. Saying this, Lord Shiva disappeared. Excuse me. Nimbaditya searched and found that place. On an attractive platform in the forest near Shiva, he saw the four brothers Sanak, Sanandan, Sanatan, and Sanat Kumar sitting unseen by others. They were young, naked, and noble in character. Nimbarka cried out in excitement, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. On hearing the holy name, the Kumara's meditation broke. They opened their eyes and saw before them an ideal Vaishnava, satisfied by this sight. Uh, one after another, they embraced Nimbaditya. Who are you? they asked. Why have you come here? We will certainly fulfill your prayers. Nimbarka offered his obeisances and humbly introduced himself. Sanat Kumar smiled and said, The all-merciful Supreme Lord, knowing that Kali Yuga would be very troublesome, decided to propagate devotional service. He empowered four men with devotional service and sent them into the world to preach. Ramanuja Madhva and Vishnu Swami are three of these men. You are the fourth of these great devotees. Srilaksmi accepted Ramanuja Brahma, accepted Madhvacharya, Rudra accepted Vishnu Swami, and we, meeting you today, have the good fortune to teach you. This is our intention. Previously, we engaged in meditating on the Brahman, but by the Lord's mercy, that sinful act has gone away. Now that I know the sweet taste of pure devotional service, I've written one book named Sanat Kumar Samhita. You should receive initiation into its teachings. Seeing his guru's mercy, the wise Nimbarka quickly took, quickly took his bath in the Ganges and returned. He offered the basis and humbly said, Oh, deliverer of the fallen, please deliver this low rascals. The four brothers gave him the Radha Krishna mantra, instructed him how to worship Radha and Krishna, filled with sentiments of great love, called Bhava Mark. Having obtained that mantra, Nimabhichi resided at the sacred place and worshipped according to the injunction of that Samhita. Radha and Krishna bestowed the mercy by appearing before Nimbarka, lighting up all directions and gently smiling. They said, you're very fortunate. You've, you've performed sadhana in Navadvip, our dear abode. Here we take one form as the son of Sachi Devi. While saying this, they combined in one form as Goranga. Nimbarka was astounded on seeing that form and exclaimed, never have I seen or heard of such a remarkable form anywhere. Mahaprabhu said, please keep this form secret now. Just preach Krishna Bhakti in the pastimes of Radha and Krishna, for I'm happy with in those pastimes. When I appear as Goranga, I will enjoy educational pastimes. At that time, you will take birth in Kashmir and tour India as a champion scholar, out to defeat all opponents. Your name will be Keshava Kashmir, and you will be celebrated everywhere for your great learning. While wandering on tour, you will come to Mayapur. 
The learned scholars of Navadvip will flee when they hear your name, but I will be intoxicated with learning and take pleasure in defeating you. By the mercy of Saraswati, you will realize my identity, give up your pride, and take shelter of me. Then I will give you the gift of bhakti and send you out to preach the devotional service again. So you can satisfy me now by preaching the philosophy of Dvaita Dvaita, monism and dualism, keeping my identity secret. So now, here we see that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur is directly describing uh, Keshava Kashmiri to be uh, an incarnation of uh, Nimbarka Acharya. So that is uh, um, taking, it, taking it quite a step further. Uh, now the Dikvijay Pandit is not only uh, an Acharya of the Nimbarkas, he is Nimbarka himself, he is an incarnation of Nimbarka. So uh, that's quite significant. Uh, um, I'll continue. Um, um, just a, a little note in this uh, in this chapter of the Navadita Mahatmya is also a famous quote uh, which comes in the next paragraph I'll read that as well later when I begin the Sankirtan movement I myself will preach the essence of the four Vaishnava philosophies from Madhva I will receive two essential items his complete defeat of the Mayavad philosophy and his service to the deity of Krishna, accepting the deity as an eternal spiritual being. From Ramanuja, I will accept two great teachings, the concept of bhakti unpolluted by karma and jnana and service to the devotees. From Vishnu Swami's teachings, I will accept two main elements, the sentiment of exclusive dependence on Krishna and the path of Raga Bhakti. And from you, I will receive two excellent principles, the necessity of taking shelter of Radha and the high esteem for the gopis' love of Krishna. All right, so um, that was... Uh, so we can see that, this, uh, that our Acharyas are indeed making this connection with the uh, Nimbarka Sampradaya, not a... Uh, a casual one, but uh, are strongly establishing it, and, and uh, that is uh, interesting. So it said that uh, on a full moon night, uh, Nimai Pandit was seated on the bank of the Ganga with a number of his students, uh, and a whole discussion uh, began to take place. Uh, there is uh, let me just quickly uh, coincidentally Keshava Kashmiri Pandit came there while offering his prayers to Mother Ganga he met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the Lord received him with adoration but, but because Keshava Kashmiri was very proud he talked to the Lord very inconsistently I understand that you are a teacher of grammar, he said, and your name is Nimai Pandit. People speak very highly of your teachings of beginner's grammar. I understand that you teach Kalapa Vyakarana. I have heard that your students are very expert in the world juggery of this grammar. The Lord says, yes, 
I'm known as a teacher of grammar, but factually I cannot impress my students with grammatical knowledge, nor can they understand me very well. My dear sir, whereas you are a very learned scholar in all sorts of scriptures and are very much experienced in composing poetry, I'm only a boy, a new student and nothing more. Therefore, I desire to hear your skill in composing poetry. We could hear this if you would mercifully describe the glory of Mother Ganges. When the Brahmana case of Akarsmiri heard this, he became still more puffed up, and within an hour he composed 100 verses describing Mother Ganges. The Lord praised him, saying, Sir, there is no greater poet than you in the entire world. Your poetry is so difficult that no one can understand it, but you and Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning. But if you explain the meaning of one verse, we can all hear it from your own mouth and thus be very happy. Um, the Dikvijai, Keshava Kashmir, inquired which verse he wanted explained. The Lord then recited one of the 100 verses Keshava Kashmiri had composed. Mahatvam Gangya Satatam Idam Abhatinitaram Yati Sisri Vishnu Charanam Kalutpati Kamalutpati Subhag Dvitya Silaksmiri Vasura Narera Chacharam Bhavani Bhartu Yasirasi Vibhavati Adbhuttagona The greatness of Mother Ganges always brilliantly exists. She is the most fortunate because she emanated from the lotus feet of Sri Vishnu, the personality of Godhead. She is the sec she is a second goddess of fortune, and ever she's always worshipped, both by demigods and by humanity. Endowed with wonderful qualities, she flourishes on the head of Lord Shiva. When Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him to explain the meaning of this verse, the champion, very much astonished, inquired for him as follows. I recited all the verses like the blowing wind. How could you completely learn by heart even one among those verses? The Lord, the Lord replied, By the grace of the Lord, someone may become a great poet, and similarly, by his grace, someone else may become a great Srutidar, who can memorize, memorize everything immediately. Satisfied by the statement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Brahmana, Keshava Kashmiri, explained the quoted verse. Then the Lord said, Now kindly explain the special qualities and faults in the verse. The Brahmana replied, there's not a tinge of fault in that verse. Rather, it has the good qualities of similes and alliteration. Prabhu Kahene, oh, uh, the Lord said, my dear sir, I may say something to you if you will not become angry. Can you please explain the faults in the verse? There's no doubt that your poetry is fu full of ingenuity and certainly it has satisfied the Supreme Lord. Yet if we scrutinizingly consider it, we can find both good qualities and faults. The Lord concluded. Now therefore let us carefully scrutinize this verse. The poet replied, Yes, the verse you have recited is perfectly correct. You are an ordinary student of grammar. What do you know about literary imbalancements? You cannot review this poetry because you do not know anything about it. Uh, and... Uh, Prabhupada is saying that he wanted to, first of all, he wanted to bluff Nimai, but then he also had a point because unless one is a medical man, he cannot criticize a medical man. Unless one is a lawyer, he cannot criticize a lawyer. Hmm. Taking a humble position, 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, because I'm not on your level, I've asked you to teach me by explaining the faults and good qualities in your poetry. Certainly I've not studied the art of literary embellishments, but I've heard about it from higher circles, and thus I can review this verse and find in it many folds and many good qualities. The poet said, all right, let me see what good qualities and faults you have found. The Lord replied, let me speak and please hear me with, without becoming angry. My dear sir, in this verse there are five folds and five literary ornaments. I shall state them uh, one after another. Kindly hear me. Um, so there's the purport. Hmm. In the verse beginning with Mahatvam Gangya, there are five literary ornaments and five examples of faulty composition. There are two examples of the fault, come Avimistra Videyamsa, and one example of the faults, Virudamati, Punirukti, and Bhagnakrama. Um, Virmistra means clean, and Vidyamsa means predicate. It is a general rule of composition to establish a subject first and then give its predicate. For example, according to Sanskrit grammar, if one says, this man is learned, is composition in order. But if one says, learned is this man, the composition is not in order. Satsako, a flaw, is called Avimrista videyamsa dosa, or the fault of unclean composition. The subject matter to be known of the verse is the glorification of the Ganges. Therefore, the word idam, this, or what is known, should have been placed before instead of after the glorification. The subject matter already known should be placed before the unknown, so that meaning will not that its meaning will not be misconstrued. The second instance of avimrista videya dosa. Videyamsa dosa occurs in the words Dvitya Silaksmiriva. In this composition, the word Dvitya, second, is video or unknown, placing the unknown first uh, to make the compound word Dvitya Silaksmi is another fault. The words Dvitya Silaksmiriva were intended to compare the Ganges to the goddess of fortune, but because of this fault, the meaning of the compound word was bewildering. The third fault is that of Viruda Mati, or contradictory conception, in the words Bhavani Bhartu. The word Bhavani means the wife of Bhava, Lord Shiva. But since Bhavani is already known as the wife of Lord Shiva, to add the word Bharta, husband, thus forming a compound meaning the husband of the wife of Lord Shiva, is contradictory, for thus it appears if the wife of Lord Shiva has another husband. The fourth fault is Punarukti, or redundancy, which occurs when the verb vibhavati flourishes, which should have ended the composition, is further qualified by the unnecessary adjective adbuta gunna, endowed with wonderful qualities. The fifth fold is bhakna krama, which means broken order. In the first and third, fourth line, there's anuprasa, or alliteration, created by the sound tara and ba. But in the second line, there is no such anuprasa, and therefore the order is broken. Well, in this way, a whole list uh, of uh, mistakes were, uh, were, were written. And uh, so all this is explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then he speaks about, uh, although these 
Although there are five literary ornaments decorating this verse, the entire verse has been spoiled by these five most faulty plus range. Presentation. If there are ten literary ornaments in a verse, but even one faulty expression, the entire verse is nullified. One's beautiful body may be decorated with beauty, with jewels, but one spot of white leprosy <laughs> makes the entire body abominable. And that is based on a statement of uh, Bharatamuni. Rasalankarvat kavyam dosi yukchet vibhusitam satvapu sundramapi sritre naika durvagam. As one's body, although well decorated with ornament, is made fortunate by even one spot, is made unfortunate by even one spot of white leprosy, so an entire poem is made useless by a fault, despite alliteration, simas, and metaphor. So in this way, first Chaitanya Mahaprabhu points out all the faults then just condemns the whole verse, although there are alliterations, although there are, uh, are, are various ornamental arrangements using the syllable ba many times. Um, still, he's pointed out the faults, and then he says, therefore your verse, has been, the, the, the value of your verse has been nullified. Then he quotes from Bartimuni. Right, uh, the the verse which says one spot of white leprosy can spoil a whole body decorated with jewels. So in this way, he has in a devastating way defeating him. Not only has he pointed out all the faults, but he's concluded it with a uh, quote from scripture from Bharatamuni, and in this way. Uh, utterly defeated him. But then, and we see that Nimai started with the five faults. Then Nimai begins to speak about the five literary embellishments. There are two ornaments of sound and three ornaments of meaning. There's the sound ornament of alliteration in three lines. And in the combination of the words Sri and Lakshmi, there's the ornament of a tinge of redundancy. In the arrangement of the first line, the letter Ta occurs five times, and the arrangement of the third line repeats the letter Ra five times. In the fourth line, the letter Ba occurs four times. This arrangement of alliteration is a pleasing, pleasing ornamental use of sounds. Although the words Sri and Lakshmi convey the same meaning and are therefore almost redundant, they're nevertheless not redundant. Describing Lakshmi as possessed of Sri offers a difference in meaning with a tinge of repetition. This is the second ornamental use of words. The use of words Lakshmi Iva, like Lakshmi, manifests the ornament of meaning called Upama, analogy. Analogy. There is also the further ornament of meaning called Pirot Basa, or a contradictory indication. Everyone knows that lotus flowers grow in the water of the Ganges, but to say that the Ganges takes birth from a lotus flower seems extremely contradictory. The existence of Mother Ganges begins from the lotus feet of the Lord. Although this statement uh, that water comes from a lotus flower is a contradiction, in connection with Lord Vishnu, it's a great wonder. In this birth of the Ganges, by the inconceivable potency of the Lord, there is no contradiction, although it appears contradictory. Everyone knows that lotus flowers grow in the water, but water never grows from a lotus. 
Uh, all such contradictions ever are wonderfully, wonderfully possible in Krishna. The great river Ganges is grown from his lotus feet. Um, so the uh, and then the the pundit is is not able to say anything. Is utterly defeated and has no arguments and feels that, which is unusual for him because he can always say something. Um, being an expert uh, scholar, expert at debate, so. To, to be there and to not be able to, to utter a word, that is totally unlike him. Uh, even if his arguments would not have been strong, still he could have presented, ordinarily he could have presented many arguments to, uh, to kind of confuse uh, the issue and to throw... Uh, and to, to confuse the audience, and in this way, at least uh, minimize the damage done. But he was totally, totally unable to utter a word. Of course, Nimai's explanations are like extremely sharp, extremely to the point, and all very solidly underbuilt with scripture. Yes. Anyway, so... With this, I have uh, taken this discussion uh, a little further today than I did yesterday. And uh, I hope that all this research is of use to you. Um, let us look a little further at, uh, at the purports of the... Uh, of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Now I have to find it, but um, um, yeah, let's see. I'm not sure. No, I didn't find that. Let me go back. And in the end, Nimai is also, uh, again, uh, pacifying the occasion uh, because he says, uh, and in that way also checking the, uh, the students. And he gives him credit. When the poetic champion was thus defeated. All the Lord's disciples sitting there began to laugh loudly. But Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked them not to do so and he addressed the poet as follows. You are the most learned scholar and the topmost of all great poets. For otherwise, how could such fine poetry come from your mouth? Your poetic skill is like the constant flow of the waters of the Ganges. I find no one in the world who can compete with you. Even in the poetic composition of such great poets as Bhavabhuti, Jayadev, and Kalidas, there are many examples of faults. Such mistakes should be considered negligible. One should see only how such poets have displayed their poetic power. 
I'm not even fit to be your disciple. Therefore, kindly do not take seriously whatever childish impudence I have shown. Please go back home and tomorrow we meet again so that I may hear discourses on the Shastras from your mouth. Anyway, so we can see how Nimai uh, also dealt with him in a, in a very pleasing way to pacify him, to make, to put a plaster on the wound that he had inflicted. And in this way, um, he opened up, he opened, he paved the way for Keshava Kashmiri to actually surrender as later on in the dream, Saraswati would uh, would instruct him to do. Mm. Now that is, uh, okay, so much for all of that. Um, I would, when I speak on Chaitanya Charita Amrita, I like to uh, bring in research and uh, allow the voice of our Acharyas to come forward. And I also will bring in sometimes the voice of some uh, historians of some scholars who have actually studied our tradition so that we know uh, we know what they actually say about us think about us so that when we are presenting the conclusions of our sampradaya to the world that we are not insensitive to what is out there uh, Obviously, I'm not going to take the uh, the uh, opinions of uh, mundane scholars, of historians on par with uh, with the understanding of our acharyas. But nonetheless, we it is uh, also valid to consider. You see, when we speak about Srimad Bhagavatam, then we're speaking about something that uh, that ends with the appearance of Krishna and that uh, also describes the dynasty in which Lord Ramachandra appeared. So Lord Ramachandra appeared in the Theta Yuga approximately one million years ago and then the whole dynasty before him uh, takes it back even further. So when we're looking at the uh, descriptions of, uh, of Srimad Bhagavatam, the time span that is covered is, is, is prehistorical. So we have no, that means modern history has no records of what is taking place there. And a little bit here, a little bit there, when it comes to Krishna, we can still find a place, Kuruksetra, we can still find Dwarka. There are some, something is found underwater, an inundated city is there, some archeological findings and so on. So 
let's say from the time of Krishna, maybe a little bit of evidence is there, but it's uh, it's otherwise very difficult to historically trace out. When we come to the past of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is only starting 500 years ago, and then carrying on uh, with his uh, followers and his, and his immediate followers and associates for, for a century, for over a century, we're looking at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appearing at 1486. We're looking at uh, Advaita Acharya appearing at 1433. Uh, we're looking at Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami approximately disappearing at 1616. So we're seeing a whole span of the direct Chaitanya era. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu leaving at 1533. Uh, so whatever we may see there is a, a direct connection with his, uh, his past times. And that whole era is is historically approachable. Uh, it is um, therefore of of great interest to uh, also be aware of what historians say about our movement, whatever historical records there are. Then we can look at the merit of these points and see how relevant they are and how relevant they are not. But I can give an example, you know. Um, for example, in uh, it is said that in 1204, the uh, Bhaktiar, uh, a Muslim, came and by trick uh, came to the palace of the Sena dynasty uh, kings, King Laxman Sain, who had his capital at the time in the Malda district, and the town was named after him. It was known as Laknoti. Then the uh, Bhaktiar and his men came in the disguise as horse tradesmen. They managed to enter into the palace to show their horses and bring them in. And then, as they were in the palace, they suddenly attacked with hidden weapons. And uh, at that time, the king was just taking lunch. And it said the king, uh, all he could do was disappear through a, a secret tunnel. And, uh, and from that point on, the Muslim ruling took over the district of Laknoti, uh, which is like uh, a portion of the uh, what is now known as the Malda district. So only a portion on the northern, on the on the northwestern side of of Bangladesh or of North Bengal. You know, then uh, the whole eastern side, southern side. Uh, was at the time the northern side and the far north side. All these places were not yet uh, under control of the uh, of of the king. Yes. 
so anyway, uh, it took some some 250 years to actually get full control. So it's said that the grandfather of Advaita Acharya, now Advaita Acharya, born in 1433, his grandfather, so take that back to uh, late 14th century, uh, his grandfather was a minister of a Hindu king uh, on the eastern side of Bengal, who was still while Muslim rule was going on, maintaining a, uh, a Hindu kingdom. So Bengal was still broken up in, in smaller kingdoms for quite a while. So by looking at some of the uh, uh, history, we get very interesting information. Therefore, it's valuable to uh, to also look at the uh, past of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from a perspective of, of history. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we are going to take the side of our Acharyas. Uh, so we are with the statements of Bhaktivinoda Thakur we, and with the statements of Bhaktisiddhanta. Bhaktivinoda Thakur addresses us Keshava Kashmiri and a meeting with, Chait with the four Kumaras in Navadvip Dham, a meeting with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and also mentions that Keshava Kashmiri is an incarnation of Nimba Aditya or of Nimbarka Acharya. Then Srila Bhakti Siddhanta in his purports establishes the point that actually we're not dealing with Keshava Kashmiri, we're dealing with Keshava Bhatta. Uh, that actually the personality is Keshava Bhatta, the spiritual master of Gangal Bhatta, and Keshava Kashmiri was his grand disciple. So like that, we are getting uh, a clear hold on it. We see that then uh, the, because why is it Keshava Bhatta? Because Keshava Bhatta wrote the Krama Deepika. And the Krama Deepika has been taken by Sanatana Goswami and by Gopabhata Goswami as bona fide literature. Therefore, uh, we are concluding that, uh, that here Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, pure teachings were manifested in Keshava Bhatta, but that somehow or other became lost. Whether Keshava Bhatta did disclose uh, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the Supreme Lord and then died prematurely or not, uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta referred to that as hearsay. Uh, so, okay, that is us. We will also then refer to that as hearsay. But Keshava Bhatta, the author of of Kramadipika is the case of a Kashmiri of the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Some scholars are arguing that Keshava Kashmiri lived earlier, but dating is such a thing. Uh, dating is a very difficult thing. We can only, like for example, we know that the Kramadipika has been used in the Ari Bhakti Vilas, 
but we do not have actually uh, an exact date on the Hari Bhakti Vilas. And we also know that Sanatana Goswami wrote a, a commentary on Hari Bhakti Vilas called Dik Darshini Tika, and that we also don't have an exact date on that. Therefore, uh, when it comes to, to, to dating, to exactly placing case of a butter, uh, whatever arguments may be presented by stories we can look at, but it is very difficult, very difficult in India to come up with, uh, with fixed dates. I'll give you another example of that. Like, for example, uh, there is uh, uh, some Vidananda, a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who did his thesis on Lord Chaitanya, uh, on the teachings, on the literature of Chaitanya, on Gaudiya history and, and Gaudiya literature. A thesis on Gaudiya history and Gaudiya literature. And uh, so we see that some Vidananda who was sent to Srila to uh, to London by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. According to the research of Bhakti uh, Vikash Maharaj and his Bhakti Siddhanta Vaibhav, it is stated that uh, Samvitananda had been given an outline by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So this outline of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur basically gave uh, a direction of how to com compile the thesis. And then we see that, so the, the thesis of Samvitananda should be given special uh, importance. Samvitananda then discusses many topics from the early stages of bhakti to, to the actual movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the associates and the literatures and everything. And when he discusses Sanatan Goswami, and discusses the birth date of Sanatana Goswami. If we see that, uh, that, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met Sanatana Goswami and, and Rupa Goswami somewhere between uh, 1511 and maybe 1514 in Ramakali, right? uh, then we can appreciate that uh, then we can appreciate that uh, it is often stated that uh, Rupa and Sanatan would have taken birth in 1488 and 1489, just after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. However, that would make them very young. Huh? That would make them like 25 years old when they would meet Mahaprabhu. At that time, as established ministers, as, uh, as men of, uh, uh, with a reputation, who had uh, established a village and all these things, uh, you know, like in Ramakali, where scholars would reside, and where there was a whole culture of, of uh, a whole Bhagavad culture going on. Um, all that, how was it possible? Uh, how was it possible, says Samvidananda, if they were 25? There was Samvidananda makes the point 
that it would make a lot of sense if we put place the birth date of Rupa and Sanatan 15 years earlier, and if they would have been around 40 at the time when they met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And all these things are, and it does make sense, and there is no uh, clear record. So when it comes to dates, uh, there is a lot of, of guesswork and okay, looking, do we find something from one work, like we found the Krama Deepika, we find something coming back in Hari Bhakti Vilas, aha, then we see that Keshava Bhatta is before, uh, before the writing of the Hari Bhakti Vilas. All right, we've got some indication where to place him. In this way, dating is puzzling, and and we are not uh, entering too deep into it. We accept Keshava Kashmiri as Keshava Bhatta, according to the vision of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. With that, I'll close this section now, and uh, I'll leave this topic for what it is. And thank you very much. Uh, tomorrow, I will continue again at, uh, at about the same time. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to uh, sharing so much more with you about Sri uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, about the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and the biographies of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a historical setting. Uh, my intention is that uh, we will transcribe these lectures and use it as a foundation for, the, uh, for a book, which uh, I hope to, uh, to make in the future. And of course, uh, there would be a lot of editing and a lot of things to add it would only be the foundation, and then I would build on that with a lot more research material until we get like a, uh, a very rich and mature companion to the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, Hare Krishna, see you again tomorrow.